0: standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of
1: professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the bell.
2: to turn back the clock as we rewind and relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling get ready to go beyond the bell via the sns radio network i'm your host ring announcer sean beckerman and this week we look at our second part of the survivor series we look back at the greatest moments and matches in the traditional thanksgiving event Last week, we took a look back at the years 1987 through 1997, the first decade of the Survivor Series. This week, Part 2 involves 1998 to the present day of the Survivor Series. Can you imagine, last year there were rumors that the Survivor Series was going to be taken off the WWE pay-per-view schedule? The traditional Thanksgiving event that was held initially on Thanksgiving night, and then Thanksgiving Eve, was about to be gone from the history books, or should I say, the further history books, for WWE. Thank goodness the WWE kept the Survivor Series intact, and in just one week, we will see The Rock team up with John Cena to take on The Miz and Our truth So, in Survivor Series spirit, we will look back at the attitude error in Survivor Series history, up until the present day, which last year we saw an interesting Survivor Series matchup which involved an up-and-coming star, a group of stars taking on the established new era Hulk Hogan in the name of John Cena. So buckle up, fans, as we get ready for an attitude-filled Survivor Series. We'll start off in 1998. We saw Stone Cold Steve Austin take on Mankind, the Deadly Game semifinals match. It was the first and only single elimination tournament for the WWF title since WrestleMania 4 a decade earlier. You can look back fondly on the Deadly Game motif that they had, including the awesome theme song that you heard at the top of the program and the gigantic skull entranceway. That being said, there's not a single match from this tournament that you could rate above 2.5 stars. Which means you would have to look at the Steve Austin Mankind match in the semifinals by default as the best match of the tournament. This is the match where Shane McMahon turned heel for the first time and flipped Austin the double bird after refusing to count the fall. It's also the match where Mankind's pants fell around his ankles and he was stunned or stunned by Stone Cold. Foley would make it to the finals before being screwed by The Rock, which we'll discuss next. And it began his first of many runs with the championship. It's also the only Survivor Series to this day to not feature, to basically not feature a single traditional elimination match. Let's hope that it stays that way. Once again, in 1998, like I said earlier, a corporate champion survives the Survivor Series, and a brand new corporate champion is born. Two years prior, Rocky Maivia debuted at the Survivor Series and was embraced by the Madison Square Garden crowd as he valiantly led his team to an upset victory. The babyface Rocky Maivia with the music beginning the Rocky chants that were dubbed in for the fans to follow along with. The next two years saw him go through a loathed, goo- goody-two-shoes baby face to a cocky, arrogant, and charismatic leader of the Nation of Domination, who was so good at what he did that the fans cheered him again because he was so good at it. In two years, he had become one of the biggest stars in the company. At the Survivor Series, he fought in a tournament for the vacant WWF Championship and dominated his way to the finals. His opponent was Mankind, who we just mentioned, defeated Steve Austin prior in the semifinals. Mankind was another immensely over-superstar, with only a few years' experience in the World Wrestling Federation, even though he traveled the territories. There was going to be a new champion crowned, and for one man, it would be the first taste of world championship gold. Unfortunately, the match did not end with, in the sweet culmination of a journey to fulfill a lifelong dream, a la Shawn Michaels. Instead, The Rock aligned himself with Mr. McMahon, put Foley in the sharpshooter, and allowed Vince McMahon to ring the bell. An obvious nod to the ending of last year's Survivor Series, like I mentioned in Part 1. The Rock was WWF champion, and he was once again despised by the fans, the people. The incident led to months of feuding with Mick before Rock was finally defeated by Steve Austin at WrestleMania 15. But it was also the moment that The Rock jumped into the main event scene. Regardless of the dubious circumstances that he won, the first world title win of one of the biggest stars in wrestling history deserves mention as one of the greatest moments in Survivor Series history. In 1999, we saw the debut of the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. It's the in-ring debut of our Olympic hero. Of course it would make this list. I can't get over how much smaller Kurt looked in this match as compared to one of his matches, say, in 2003, where he started to bulk up a bit. Fans in Detroit have the audacity to start booing not and not cheering for... The Olympic gold medalist, not long after this match starts. Well, I totally agree with this because Sean Stasiak was not the greatest in-ring competitor and he didn't really follow too much in his father's footsteps, to say the least. He had a great body, but couldn't, didn't have the, the complete package. The best part of this was Kurt basically stopping the match to get on the mic outside and berate the crowd. It was different at the time. An instant recipe for heel heat. It was great, he was trying to talk like a babyface, but in a condescending manner. It was different at the time, and it definitely set Kurt Angle apart from the rest, especially in his debut match. The match was really nothing, but for historical purposes, this is one that stands out the most on this show specifically. Had Triple H not had Rikishi run over Stone Cold, that triple threat main event would have been one heck of a battle, I'd say. You want to look back at momentous moments in Survivor Series history or the most special moments? It wasn't that main event, it was the debut of one of the greatest competitors ever to enter the squared circle the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle.
3: You do
0: not fool Olympic gold medals. I'm the best in the world. I came here for you. You do not fool me. Well, you know what? I, I sort of like that. You got to respect that, Jr. That's wrestling for you. That's standing up for what's right. You do not boo an Olympic gold medalist. You have respect for an Olympic gold medalist. Well, the fans spend the money. They do what they want, but they should or shouldn't boo-, boo him. Oh, they should always respect an Olympic gold medalist. This guy went out and fought for his country. Well, and he earned respect in the amateur match. He's got to earn respect here. Nobody there for the crossbody. That was smart. You see Kurt Angle signaling to everybody how smart he is? Look at that. Angle with a modified slam, a fall away. Oh, oh. beautiful! And the Olympic gold medal winner... You know what? He stole that move from me, J.R. These fans are him. What's wrong with him? Do these people realize we've never, ever in the history of the WWF had a real athlete like Kurt Angle, an Olympic gold medalist? What are they doing! Well, I'll tell you what folks out here. Angle getting booed, with Kingman's hooks here just... Oh, how can you do you know, this? Look, 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 look! How can you boo this, Dare? Watch this move. I'm, I'm not the coach. He from me, right there, well, Kurt Angle. Thank you so much. And his official debut, getting food here in Detroit, but still he is victorious. Both exercising their First Amendment right, no doubt about that. I respect that young man.
2: As we just mentioned, Kurt Angle's debut. One year later, in the year 2000, he was competing. In a WWF Championship match. And he was the World Wrestling Federation Champion. It was Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker. For the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Some say it was Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker's pants at the Survivor Series. Everyone knows how awesome Kurt Angle is. But after just one full year on television. It's really scary how good he already was. He was the WWF champion already. This was billed as The Undertaker's 10th anniversary. A decade of destruction. Kurt, well you see, Kurt has a brother named Eric, who from a certain distance looks pretty looks pretty much like his sibling. They had a pretty similar look. They pull the old switcheroo, the... Twin magic, you can say, nowadays, at one point, and the Undertaker delivers a last-ride powerbomb on who we think is Kurt before going for the cover. Referee Earl Hebner counts, two before halting his count, and the crowd has no idea what's going on. Some people see Earl and think automatically, oh, screw job again, another year. But Earl saw Eric's face and was smart enough to realize you can't count a fall on someone if they aren't even in a match, right? Kurt sneaks up behind the Undertaker and rolls him up for the pin before hightailing it out of the arena in hilarious fashion. That's what I loved about Kurt Angle. He was so funny, too. He was a great athlete, but it was his personality that won me over especially. Not to mention we kind of look alike. Hey, hey. And shortly, a couple of years later, we saw the old-school Undertaker return. But the match was unique in itself was momentous, and it was Kurt Angle's first championship defense at Survivor Series, only a year into the company, a year from his debut, and he defeated the legendary Undertaker.
0: At this very event, will that hold two tonight, when the, the Undertaker challenges our WWF champion, Kurt Angle. Can Angle match up with the American Badass? We'll find out, but now take a look at this. Her Angle has done more than 11 months here in the WWF than anyone in WWF history. I captured my first gold by winning the European Championship. I captured the Intercontinental Championship. I not only captured gold, but royalty as well. When I was crowned the 2000 King of the Ring, I topped the most amazing 12 months and became the World Wrestling Federation Champion. And that is true. There's only one can do this. There's only one Undertaker. Although I don't dress like Satan anymore, I'm still down with the devil. The last ride, that's a statement from The Undertaker. And I will go medieval on your ass. Four-quarter match to determine the number one contender for the WWF title. The Undertaker it Jericho.
1: yard, and I'm the big dog that runs that yard. The last ride and not even Kurt angle can survive
0: the undertaker. Could we be looking at the next WWF champion? I'm the WWF champion. I've had the most successful rookie year in WWF this year. I am not gonna be anyone's whipping boy. Well he's nobody's whipping boy and he's got to prove that a much more impressive mean spirited side of Kurt Angle going to chair back of the
1: I told you Kurt Angle's got that mean streak now. Kurt Angle just pinned The Undertaker. I am not going to be anyone's winner boy. You're in my yard. You will become the first casualty of Deadman Incorporated. The WWF title is on the line at Survivor Series. Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker.
2: In 2001, we saw Team WWF consisting of The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and The Big Show take on The Alliance, consisting of Steve Austin, Rob Van Dam, Kurt Angle, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. There is something inherently wrong with the parting image of what began as the WWF versus WCW war, being The Rock pinning Steve Austin. So goes the famously botched Invasion of 2001, which culminated in this match at the Survivor Series, where the losing group would die off forever. Only one group can survive. So in WWF terms. Kurt Angle, who had defected to the Alliance just weeks earlier, was a mole all along as he assisted Team WWF to victory. Best match on the show but leaves a bad taste in anyone's mouth when they think what might have been with the, uh, the invasion angle between the two. The invasion was botched so heavily. However, with all the problems leading up to it, and even the sheer stupidity of Team WCW having two WWF guys, and, and an ECW guy, and the son of Vince McMahon on their team, this match was done right. For over 40 minutes, the teams battled back and forth, fighting desperately for their survival. On commentary, Paul Heyman and Jim Ross were having the argument of the century. They worked well together, especially in, in this instance. They argued a lot during their play-by-play days together, but in this instance, they worked really well having that confrontational style. All 10 men played the roles wonderfully and brought their A-game. The last four standing were Angle and Austin for the Alliance, and Jericho and The Rock for WWF. Angle was eliminated, and Jericho was eliminated. It was down to Austin and Rock, the two biggest stars in wrestling, fighting for the two biggest companies in wrestling. Quote unquote. Things looked bleak for the WWF when Jericho let his personal issues with The Rock take precedence over the company, and attacked him with a steel chair again, looking more so in WWF storylines rather than saving the company, Invasion, the major invasion angle. The Rock put up a great fight with Austin, reminding every one of their their classic matches at WrestleMania six months prior. But Angle returned to the ring and hit Austin with the title belt, showing his true loyalty to the World Wrestling Federation and giving the victory to The Rock. The invasion storyline was over, and it ended with a bang. Jericho, Angle, RVD, and Booker T would all become big players in the WWE over the next few years, while Austin and Rock would soon be gone. It was far from perfect, and it was enough to redeem the story, but it made this match worthwhile. This match was great because it brought everyone back to the old-school Survivor Series elimination-style matches, and it had meaning. Even though they botched the entire angle, they made this match still feel important.
1: All right.
3: Before you men go out there tonight, there are a few things I have to get off my chest. Firstly, I have every confidence that Team WWF will be victorious here tonight every confidence in you however I am a pragmatist and I realize I could be looking at a group of losers and if that were to happen here tonight if you were to lose this match tonight I would like for you to remember a number of things there is it one WWF fan anywhere in the world that would ever, ever forgive you, not one. Should you lose this match tonight, each and every one of you would be personally and professionally disgraced. Should you lose this match tonight, then all of you, and each one individually, would justifiably be ridiculed by your own peers and your own family members. Should you lose this match tonight, then what does it say for those who have preceded you? Those who have passed on, yet their spirit still lives here in the World Wrestling Federation. Names like Buddy Rogers. Names like Dr. Jerry Graham. Names like Gorilla Monsoon. Andre the Giant. Hi Chief Peter Maivia. What would that say? Now, collectively and individually, you might be saying, I know you've got something for us, Mr. McMahon. I've been hearing you talk about how Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to jump to the World Wrestling Federation tonight. Well, for the purposes of that notion, I want you all to consider that notion total and complete utter BS. Because tonight, all of you fight for the highest stakes you've ever fought for. It doesn't get any higher than fighting for survival. And tonight, each and every one of you will fight for survival. And you'll feel that exhilaration that you can only feel by laying it all on the line. So tonight... I've chosen each and every one of you. I've chosen you to participate in this Survivor Series elimination matchup. And by you joining this team, tonight you will honor the World Wrestling Federation. Now go out there and do it.
2: In 2002, we saw Brock Lesnar, The Next Big Thing, take on The Big Show for the WWE Championship, Lesnar Champion, Big Show Challenger, and The Big Show was about to experience something unpleasant from The Next Big Thing. I was there, Madison Square Garden, the place was electric. The very first Elimination Chamber match was on this show, and was great for two reasons. Shawn Michaels got one last title run with the WWF Championship, or should I say the World Heavyweight Championship, and RVD nearly killed Triple H with a frog splash. Of course, RVD was eating burgers at WWE's Times Square restaurant the following month during the next pay-per-view, so maybe it wasn't really great for him, but you digress. This right here was one of the most popular matches in Survivor Series history, or especially that year for fans, and that was the championship match between Brock Lesnar and Big Show. It was mostly comprised of Brock Lesnar, still a heel, mind you, tossing the 500-pound Big Show all over the ring at will and getting cheered at MSG like the biggest babyface since the Hulkster. He actually delivered a German suplex and a belly-to-belly and a belly-to-belly overhead suplex to Big Show, Take a moment and let that sink in, fans. This was also the first time Lesnar ever hoisted up Big Show to deliver his signature F5 Slam. Which was one of those moments where time seemed to stand still. Just like we saw recently with Mark Henry and Big Show with the Superplex breaking the ring. Like they took from Lesnar, Big Show uh, in 2002 just 8-9 years prior. It should still be on every WWE highlight reel for the next 50 years. It would have pinned Big Show right there. It would have been the perfect finish. Of course, they had to go and mess it up by having Paul Heyman turn on Brock and align with Big Show, who goes down as the man to hand Lesnar his very first defeat. You could say it was a dumb finish. Some people say it was dumb. It wasn't very long. But I think it was fantastic. I liked the ending. I liked the finish. The crowd was electric for this match. you completely turned Brock Lesnar from heel to babyface, And this was truly a test for the Big Show. There was something in the air. This was Big Show's final test in the WWF. Or should I say WWE? Officials were getting, growing tired of Big Show when he was having weight issues. He went back to the minor leagues, OVW, to lose some weight, to retrain. He returned to the survival... The Raw Rumble, they were still issues with his weight. They repackaged him, put jeans and a singlet on him to mask his, his increase in size. Cut his hair, made his look different. And this was really his last test to see if he could really make it now going forward in the WWE. There was no more WCW to back him up. So they weren't afraid to lose him to competition. So this was make it or break it for Big Show. And a short match, but I think it was perfect for his style his abilities, and what Brock Lesnar and him could do together. I think it fit. It worked well. It made Big Show a presence once again in WWE, making him the world champion. And I think this really helped Big Show or escalate Big Show to the next level and carried him over, and that's why he is still now in the WWE. And at the same time, you had a brand new babyface star born in the next big thing, Brock Lesnar.
0: Back down this past Thursday night, the vicious assault at the hands of the champion Lesnar. Well, here come the pain. And being accompanied to the ring by his agent Paul Heyman from Minneapolis, Minnesota, weighing in at 295 pounds. The WWE Champion, Brock Lesnar. That's a bad, bad, bad man, Cole. He is the youngest champion in WWE history. But there are three questions which Brock Lesnar hopes to answer tonight. Can Brock Lesnar suplex The Big Show? And look at this. Lesnar right up in the grill with The Big Show. And Brock Lesnar hands to the face, wasting little time for these two mammoths to go at it for the WWE title. Obviously that heavy cake up ribs of Lesnar, I don't think that's gonna stop him, though, This Madison Square Garden was press slammed off the stage by the seven foot, 500 pound Big Show. Big Show, Big Show looks real focused. And there's the power of the challenger. Wow. Big deal right there. To the ribs. Right on the ribs. The ribs broken of Brock Lesnar and Big Show going
2: Also, in 2002, there was redemption for the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, at Survivor Series. We just mentioned it previously. 2002 is largely remembered for Hulk Hogan coming back to wrestling and battling The Rock at WrestleMania 18. Which me, uh, when I was there, I felt I had goosebumps on my arms. That was one of the greatest moments as a fan ever in my pro wrestling fan and in-ring announcing career. All due respect to that very important matchup, but another unexpected return has had a greater long-lasting effect on professional wrestling, if you look at it. When Shawn Michaels injured his back in 1998, people said he was finished and would never wrestle again. Four years had passed, and Shawn hadn't wrestled in that time frame. Yes, he had not wrestled in that time frame. He came back, made, became a commissioner, had a couple commentary spots, but had not wrestled at all. His match against Triple H at SummerSlam in Long Island, again, I hate to to drop that I was there, but again, another great match. Goosebumps, you felt the chills, you felt emotionally involved in that match. That's, that is what wrestling is. And that match at SummerSlam was supposed to be a one-off match. For one very special night, Shawn was the greatest wrestler in the world again. But that was not only one night. He was supposed to come back. Or he wasn't supposed to come back. But he did return to the ring. And there he was, inside of a glass pod. The pod inside a gargantuan structure made of steel chains, making its debut in Madison Square Garden. In the other pods were Kane, Chris Jericho, and Booker T. In the ring were Rob Van Damme, and champion Triple H, the top stars of WWE's Raw brand, were all competing for the world championship. This is when, after the Invasion storyline ended, they split brands officially to Raw and SmackDown. Shawn watched as each man entered the ring, and then finally entered with only Kane, Jericho, and the game left. Sean Claude scratched and super kicked his way past the big red machine and y two j and it was down to him and his rival, his former best friend. The two battled each other ferociously, but it seemed only a matter of time before Triple H would defeat HBK and continue his reign of terror on Monday Night Raw. Incredibly, Michael's back body dropped out of a pe- out of a pedigree and connected with sweet chim music. Three seconds later, and Shawn Michaels was the world champion once again, holding the big gold belt for the very first time. It was an incredible climax to Shawn's odyssey, and it was, his, it was a way for him to return home in the WWE at Madison Square Garden with the world title on his shoulders. Shawn has been in the WWE ever since, up until his retirement last year. Since 2002, up until his retirement, with each passing year, he cemented himself further and further. And it increased the argument that he is the greatest performer ever to to grace the squared circle and to be inside that sacred ground of a wrestling ring. Shawn Michaels rejuvenated his career. It was a time for him for redemption, and it was catapulted with this world championship victory. Just five years prior, he was he was basically isolated out of professional wrestling. He was known as a member of the Montreal Screwdrop Crew. He was known as one of the lowest wrestlers in wrestling for his ethical commitments. Well, we weren't sure if he was involved or not, but you had a you had a feeling that he had to know something about the Screwjob Survivor Series. So he went from '97 to '02 to redemption. Shawn Michaels was a new man, and it was marked off with his world championship victory.
3: He is a
0: bloody and battered man, is the world's heavyweight champion, but he's turned to his stomach, he sees his adversary. Just get one arm across him, one finger's all you need. Shawn Michaels is dead. On the pedigree. How did he do this? I knew that jumper kick would work. But this should have worked. How does Sean Michaels not let the pedigree finish him off? And Sean Michaels is pulling himself up. He's still in it. Triple H couldn't believe it. He thought he would get three there. And the game runs back. He's going to try again. Uh-huh. One more pedigree. He's going to smash with the yeah, Look out. That dropped the game. He came out of it. Swing, oh, hey. hey. Swing team music. The pop-up. They're on their feet all over the world right now, there Nobody believes that. John Barkley's in the heavyweight. Of the world. Look at this. My God, can you believe it? This may be the world's biggest celebration. I know it's been said before, but in the WWE, do you believe in miracles? John Barkley believes in himself. I believed believe in his ability to win this match, and he has I'm survived it. I'm not sure boy, I'm just a sexy boy. Yo, look at this beat, they are, I've never seen in like it. This beat, this beat Times Square and New Zealand, doesn't it? What a night, a sold-out
4: man has A The champion is crowned.
0: Just
4: begun. But the game has evolved, and the rules have changed.
0: Look out, Goldberg! I'm right here, so come and get it!
4: Triple H, Goldberg, the World
3: Heavyweight Championship. If you want something done right, do it yourself. WWE Survivor Series, live, next, only
2: on Pay-Per-View. We go to Survivor Series 2003. There was one chance for McMahon. Normally everyone looks at matches as greatest moments in Survivor Series or event history. I want to include promos as well. Promos do make matches important in the history of pay per view events, rivalries, TV shows, you name it TV specials, promos what make or what make matches so special. Vince McMahon was on one of his tears as an evil boss in 2003, abusing anyone and everyone from Hulk Hogan to Zach Gowan. The highlight of his cruelty was a father-versus-daughter-I-quit match with Stephanie McMahon at No Mercy. He won this match and fired her as GM of SmackDown. As such, he was even more hated than normal. Unfortunately for him, Vince's next target was far more dangerous than Steph. His interest in keeping Brock Lesnar champion put him at odds with the top challenger, The Undertaker. When Undertaker won a handicap and no DQ and no countout and two out of three falls, should I add match, against Lesnar and Big Show, he won the right to face anyone in any type of match. Vince assured him that as long as he was around... Taker would never become champion and mocked him when Taker chose Buried Alive. But it was not Lesnar that would be put in this situation. It was Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The stage was set for the most hated man in WWE to take the worst beating of his life. The match was a glorified bloodbath. But for anyone invested in the storyline, it was a sweet Beautiful beating. Unfortunately, Vince had a backup plan in the form of the big red machine, Kane. The monster attacked The Undertaker. The Undertaker's brother had recently removed his mask and was the most diabolical, sadistic monster in the WWE. It was his new gimmick. And he was sickened that The Undertaker was now just another human He was a human being instead of the monster he once was, so he buried his brother alive. This moment has had an incredible long-lasting effect on the WWE, as The Undertaker would return to face Kane as the dead man. He came back as the old-school Undertaker, and that Undertaker has reigned in the WWE ever since, going on to 19-0 at Wrestlemania.
3: Hey. Listen, I, I, uh, just before your match, uh, I know you're preparing for your match, and it should be a great one. I I wanted to let you know how I'm feeling. Has it dawned on you what's going on? Has it dawned on you that it's a a father-son competing in individual matches against two brothers? Cain and the undertaker when you think about that it's 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 ironic uh there there's a there's a certain fate to it there's a there's a a spirituality to it um and 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 i know that i'm feeling that and and i know i'm feeling protected by by a higher power and i'm just wondering how how you feel how 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 do you feel do you feel the same the only thing i'm feeling right now is sorry for you. (laughs) Ha (laughs)
1: Ha
4: ha ha ha
1: Every time you step through those ropes, your ass belongs to me. Stone Cold What you say is what you did for Stone Cold Steve Austin. The is and... if you don't like that... it can't be controlled! Tough luck. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the toughest son of a bitch I ever saw. Stone Cold stands for two things. It's one, don't trust anybody. And two, whoop as much ass and raise as much hell as humanly possible. Well, I've got news for you, Steve Austin. You're not going to be kicking anybody's
0: ass anytime. In other words, Steve Austin, you're fired!
1: You know, Eric, your actions are unprofessional. will share your duties and responsibilities on a 50-50 basis. So let me stop all the suspense and bring out
0: the new co-general manager.
1: So, if you're gonna remain as general manager. You cannot put your hands on anybody anymore, unless you are physically provoked. Which one of you bitch is gonna be the first to provoke me? Would you please provoke me? I dare you to lay a finger on me. Maybe you wanna take a shot at me right now. Will you knock the hell out of me? Do it. Why don't you give me
0: a shot? You can't give me a stunner, Steve. You just might have lost your nerve. There's nothing you can
1: do about it, Steve. I think you're a coward. If you think a stone cold Steve Austin should be able to whip a man's ass when he sees fit, give me a hell yeah. Then I've got a proposal for you, Steve. I propose it
0: Survivor Series. You and I, we each assemble a team of five for a classic survivor series style matchup. And if your team wins, then this rule where you can't touch anybody unless you're physically provoked, gone. But if my team wins, then you are
1: history as co-general manager. If you think it's worth the risk of Stone Cold losing his job so I can whoop ass again, Give me a hell yeah! Oh,
0: hell yeah! Bishop has assembled one hellacious quintet, and the stakes couldn't be higher for
1: Stone Cold. I've got four guys, but I need one more, so I'm asking you to be on my team. The answer is yes.
0: You, Stone Cold Steve Austin, are going to have to trust five other
1: people. Your fate is in their hands.
0: Well, if this team wins the Survivor Series, we'll see the old rattlesnake back.
1: You're going to see the real Stone Cold up close and personal. And that, so help me God, is the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets so.
2: Also in 2003, we saw Team Bischoff take on Team Austin. Team Bischoff consisted of Chris Jericho, Christian, Randy Orton, Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, and Mark Henry. Team Austin comprised of the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, Bubba Ray, and Devon the Dudley Boys. This won't be the only time where we talk about how great Shawn Michaels was at Wrestling Psychology. That was on full display here, and as good as many of the other players in this match were, none were better than HBK. The stipulation was that if Steve Austin's team had lost the match, he would leave WWE. So when it all came down to HBK, with Michaels wearing one of his best crimson masks, it was mesmerizing how he had the fans hanging on his every move. At this point in his career, everything seemed to click for Shawn Michaels. He knew exactly what to do inside the ring without fault. In the end, he could not overcome the odds. Take notes. one, John Cena. And as a result, Steve Austin was forced to leave the WWE forever. I guess forever in WWE time is four months since he was back as a referee at WrestleMania. This may have been the last truly great Survivor Series Elimination match when you look back at it.
4: For 17 years, November has been a showcase for the true nature of Men at Odds. Featuring a series that tests the will and pushes the thresholds of all who partake. It is where the frailty of the human condition fades. ...and a raw animal instinct emerges. Many have battled to persevere. Most have failed. And as history reminds us, trust is nothing but a five-letter word. So tonight, once again, the
2: vicious fight for survival begins. This one took place in 2004, but we saw a three-year succession for Randy Orton being the sole survivor in 2003, 2004, and 2005. This is more of a series of events than one particular moment, but it's a cool statistic and pretty informative. For three straight years, Orton was the sole survivor of the main Survivor Series elimin- elimination match. The first time he lasted defeated Shawn Michaels and retired Austin from his position as Raw co-GM. The second time, he defeated Triple H and became GM for a day. The third time, he won for Team SmackDown over Team Raw. This was unceremoniously ended in 2006, but it was a neat streak for the time it existed. And you saw in place here that or there was... Things were set in motion for a brand new top star to be developed in Randy Orton. He still had more seasoning to go. He still had to refine and mold his character. But WWE was grooming their next top star in the future Legend Killer, future Viper, future Apex Predator, Randy Orton.
0: Gonna tune up the band. Oh no! He does the stomping thing. Sean smother his opponents. Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, what's going on? This with the steal. Oh, oh, another one. Chim- 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 on Survivor Series SmackDown. Uh, this sucks. All uh, right, looks like I had come to SmackDown, shoot the stars. Oh, yeah, this great. Here we go, big up, big time up. The SmackDown camaraderie. And we're here to congratulate Randy Orton as SmackDown dominates Raw again. Get in there, fam. It's the bragging right. Go ahead, Cole, get in we went in there with them. That means you guys have to call a fisher match. Oh, yeah. We want to do that to the people who pay for the band. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, get in there. Right, take a look at him, guys. Randy Orton right there. He used to be part of Raw, You guys blew it. Now he's part of SmackDown. And he was victorious with Team SmackDown. Uh-oh. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh-oh. Looks as if he's seen a ghost.
3: What the hell's going on?
0: Orton oh, 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 can't believe what he's seeing. I, mean, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Me neither.
3: Jordan should be celebrating now. He, yeah, he shouldn't be in shock,
0: but the Undertaker's music hitting, and is just—what
1: the hell's going on? Look at Morts
0: eyes, man. He's like a break. Going on on October 9th, Randy Orton lit a casket on fire with the Undertaker inside tonight. Randy Orton has seen a ghost. The Undertaker is back yeah. now for but the ghost has coming to the ring and I don't think he's here to celebrate. And the Undertaker Whoa. back where it all began at Survivor Series. Oh my lord! And Undertaker, oh. let well, go the dick, so the Undertaker is cleaning house. The Undertaker sent it flying. Oh my God. The ride. There goes Burchill and Regal. The Undertaker is clear of the ring of everybody. Every SmackDown superstar is out here. Oh man! Tombstone City Call. Oh my God! Tombstone oh. Piledriver. Believe it.
2: In 2005, we saw an old-school N.W.A. bloodbath carryover between Triple H and Nature Boy Ric Flair, Last Man Standing. This, you can arguably say, could be one of the best battles you've ever seen these two men have together. The Greensboro match on Raw had more emotion, of course, but this was simply a bloodbath. In fact, you can say Ric Flair lost all... All of the blood in his body <laughs> it won't be a shocking won't be a shocking statistic or a shocking fact. Which makes it all the more remarkable that he was able to function when this was over. Flair survived three pedigrees, but the sledgehammer was too much and the King of Kings reigned supreme. You don't see matches like this in WWE anymore, so if you're a newer fan or simply a fan of old school, I suggest you check it out. But those two these two legends. You could say the the new modern day Ric Flair and the legendary Nature Boy battle each other. This is when Ric Flair when evolution was starting to change and Ric Flair was starting to become babyface, people starting to be sympathetic to him. They had the, the big celebration in Greensboro for him after the cameras went off the air his first dvd came out celebrating his his great career and this match was so special because you saw these two come together at a big time pay-per-view and just let it out nwa old school bloodbath style
4: 20 years ago tradition continues, men will form alliances, fight with everything they've got, for just one goal, survival.
0: Co-Captains DX, Co-Captains Rated RKO, are you ready? Are you with me I'm Traditional survival.
3: spilled in your blood. But does Mr. Kennedy
0: realize what he's done?
3: And I'm going to do it again. So Mr. Kennedy the Undertaker in a first blood, blood match in Survivor
1: Series. Running. Your time you has something. come.
0: You World Championship is on the line. The result you know, will you know, always be the same. I, the can Batista do it when the title is on the line?
3: Survivor Series, am taking my title back.
0: Team Captain John Cena against Team Captain's The Big Show. Talk about it, now be about it. It's not so hard when you scream and shout it. I am it's the captain so of the most dominant the team in Survivor, Survivor Series. Series. You 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 you
2: you 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 in 2006, Mr. Kennedy took on The Undertaker in a first blood match. Again, you would not see this in this day and age of the PG, non-blood WWE, but the amount of blood here pales in comparison to how much we saw the year prior with flair and triple h but nothing compares to the absolutely sick chair shot delivered by undertaker to kennedy after the match to get his heat back it was difficult to watch back then let alone now with everyone on the concussion watch 24 7 with chris nowitzki ironically ken anderson suffered severe concussions caused by inerrant chair shots to the back of the head later on in his career so this would carry over in Ken Anderson's career, where he would have concussion issues, head traumas, and when you look back, it, the match was it was att- it was an attempted match to to cement a new star in the making, which didn't pan out in the long run for for Kennedy in WWE. They were trying to put Kennedy over as this top star using the Undertaker to quote unquote make him. Due to injuries, Kennedy didn't last long in WWE. Shortly after. But this match is, I suggest you watch it because you saw the attempt in trying to make a new star, but it was sick to watch that chair shot, uh, especially now in this day and age. Uh, But the match definitely was memorable. In 2007, we saw WWE Champion Randy Orton take on the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels for the WWE Championship. This was a one-man show starring... Of course, Shawn Michaels. You have to give some credit to Orton, of course, but he was still relatively young in the main event scene. His first title reign was was good, but not memorable. The psychology in this match was masterful, and it's all because of HBK. Per the rules of the match, Michaels was not allowed to use his signature superkick, yet he still went out there and had the match of the night. He took us on an emotional roller coaster with his mannerisms, his pain facial expressions, his near falls. Everything was done to perfection. There is a reason Michaels himself has stated that this is one of his favorite matches of his entire career, and it's a prime example of why the wrestling ring is a darker place for no longer having a minute. But this match, again, we saw, it, like I just mentioned, The Undertaker trying to make Mr. Kennedy. And maybe it wasn't too successful in the long run. This was one of those matches where you saw a legend make a future superstar.
0: into retirement. I'm not so damn sure that Orton still isn't thinking. Go ahead, get him out of the ring, ref. Hold eyes of Randy Orton. Victorious here tonight. What a match this time. And the one-man dynasty. maybe is accurate. A statement as any superstar has ever said about themselves. And just think that Orton, so young, is only going to get, continue to get better and better and better. And Orton surviving the crossfade, surviving the sharpshooter, surviving the axolot, but coming within a hair's breadth of, of, of losing, and then only to pull that victory out in the last second. Orton said earlier tonight that he would beat Sean Michaels. He did that, but no one can argue the point that eliminating Sweet Chin music instinctively put Michael's a little bit off this game in that last exchange no, Wait, a minute, we are wait a minute, get out of there, keep walking.
2: In 2008, we saw Team HBK take on Team JBL. Team HBK consisted of Shawn Michaels, Rey Mysterio, Crime Time, and The Great Khali. Meanwhile, JBL's team consisted of John Bradshaw-Layfield, Kane, MVP, John Morrison, and The Miz. There was nothing overly special about this match, but from top to bottom, it was a really well-worked Survivor's match. If you're into shock value, you probably liked Edge winning the WWE title in the triple threat with Kozlov and Triple H. Yes, Kozlov was in there. If you're a loyal resident of the C-Nation, you likely enjoyed John Cena's return title victory over Chris Jericho. Each irritated your quote-unquote hardcore fan in their own way, so... You could say one negated the other, but this match was, it was special in its own right because you saw a feud building between HBK and JBL, and you saw, once again, a traditional Survivor Series elimination match return, trying to make certain stars by giving legends, or giving them the rub from the legends that were the captains. JBL was really emerging. He was on the top of his game. I truly felt JBL was so special and very uh, extremely underrated performer. And he was a great main event talent. And he was a great champion. That's why we see Mark Henry work so well these days as champion. He had, he has a similar style, not similar style as champion in terms of dominance and and creating that that fear of oh, he's going to retain the title again. But in a good way, where you want to see him still hold it, but you want to see him lose it at the same time, you fall involved, you fall into the storyline, you fall into his promos. And that's what JBL had as WWE Champion, the longest reigning champion in SmackDown history, as he likes to gloat. But this match was special because it brought back the essence of the traditional Survivor Series elimination match. You see a pattern here, fans? This is what makes wrestling so special, having different matches at these special pay-per-views. To cut the ring off, guys. You know what I mean? Isolate them. Okay, you
0: we're we're Randy. come on, man. We're strategizing here, man. You are okay? yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: no, part of the family, too, man. You okay, right? no, feel at home, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're all teammates, man. I, I can't you guys. Listen. I don't know how else to say it, but just to come out and say it. this is the first one. I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but. Uh, we're what? I'm different than you guys. Oh, really? uh, it's, it's obvious. What do you mean? It's, uh, well, I'm the only one that's. No, no. no hey, wait a yeah, minute. Hold on. You with us, man. You want, you're, you're our boy. boy. We got you, man. All right, Look. So all right. We all have one goal, and that's to win. Yeah. It's all about winning tonight, and that's the truth. Okay. All right, guys. So it makes me feel better, you know. So that hey, I, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Of course. Seeing that I am the only one that's that's what from ECW. ECW. Yeah. I mean, that's what. <laughs> yeah, what have been? That's what you're about. <laughs> oh man, you know, this is cool. I, I I get it. I get it. Comfortable yeah. because uh, yeah, you know, you know, you've got it. Nah, that ain't got nothing to do with it, man. It doesn't matter where you're from, it's where you're
2: at. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're on the same page.
0: Same yeah, team, you know, it's like, you know, you're a great rapper. Yeah. Just a little known fact that uh, Canadians are also pretty good rappers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Spit something. Did you hear that? I, I never I heard it. Uh, you never heard it? Me, Spit something. Yeah, you just want to compare anything. It's is what's going on. Yeah, stop, stop. 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 stop, stop. it.
4: I'll
0: give it a try. I'll give it a try. Team Kobe Kingston, looking for a fight. Four of us are black, and one of us is white. What's up? What's up? What's up?
2: Kicking things off right, Survivor Series in 2009. Survivor Series has its ups, especially in 96 and its downs. We saw some yawns as well in the history of the survival event. But some main events are special in the history of this event. In 2009, we saw a huge triple threat match between John Cena, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels unquestionably the biggest baby faces on raw and three with tremendous history between them at the time sean and triple h were in full fled dx mode getting along rather swimmingly by coming to the ring together the bell rang and dx stared cena down and in three seconds the entire complexion of the match had changed with one kick one out of nowhere perfectly executed Shawn Michaels set the tone for the match. Many had assumed that it would be a glorified handicap match for most of the contest, with dissension being teased until Triple H would turn on Shawn. Instead, HBK got the jump on Hunter right from the start. The match was now an every-man-for-himself affair. The match was a strong main event, but the beginning was the best part. It may indeed be the greatest first three seconds of a match ever. The idea, the execution, and the reaction of everyone, from Shawn to Cena to the fans to the announcers, made it come off perfectly. I know watching, when he hit that kick right on Triple H's jaw, you were shocked, and the crowd went nuts. Shawn Michaels standing there staring, going, Hey, I gotta go for it. Cena looking shocked, and Triple H just laying there out cold, it made the match so special. And that is one of the greatest Survivor Series moments ever, if not one of the greatest three to five seconds to open a match ever. Ladies and gentlemen, if DX
0: remain on the same page tonight, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that John Cena will lose the WWE Championship. Well, the question is, which one of these great superstars will win, be victorious here tonight? I mean, this is... You guys will have to agree with this. Uh, I mean, is it going to be Sean or is it going to be Triple H?
3: Well, the last time the WWE
0: title changed hands in this city was 2000, and that match featured the game Triple H. was oh, sweet champions. Oh! What the world, side oh! I told you, King! I told you! I told it! Look to at the look on Cena's face! <laughs> there, ladies and gentlemen, is vintage Shawn Michaels! I love it! Shawn Michaels has made a career yeah. about being in the center of the <laughs> storm, <laughs> and he did it again! What?! Let's go! Here we go now! Come on! What?! Okay. Did that just yes. happen? Look watch, at this again! Watch watch, watch! 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 Come on! Come on! Get <laughs> music. And it is Michaels and Cena for the WWE Championship for the moment. Triple H is out of the game. Shawn Michaels has ego. Shawn Michaels has pride. And he's also the legendary showstopper. He's won a world title on four different occasions because of actions like that. And he's the greatest performer in the history of sports entertainment because of that. King, I value your opinion. I respect you. What do you think? I told you, what do you think, sir? I'm at a loss for words right now. Michaels, here comes a shock. And remember. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm
3: gonna do.
4: I wanna do what's right. But is it right for me? And if I do what's wrong who will I be but if I can't choose what I should do and everything I thought I was is true everything I thought I was is true
3: I've got you in my back pocket
1: when push comes to shove you will do exactly what I tell you You obey Wade Barrett's orders and you disrespect every person who has ever
4: been champion, including yourself. Used to always know what I believe. Then life got complicated. People lied to me. Where will I be when this thing's through? Oh, Lord, won't you tell me what to do? Oh, Lord, can't you tell me what to do? Which road chosen We're so broken? Which words will be spoken to the light? And which road am I walking down tonight? On which road am I walking down tonight?
1: my passion, my my down the He's the
3: He's the this is all I've ever done. This is all got. I not be in the WWE.
2: Last year 2010, we really asked, Is he really fired this time? Randy Orton, the champion, took on Wade Barrett. WWE Championship Match John Cena the Special Referee Randy Orton defeated Wade Barrett to retain the WWE Championship with John Cena as the Special Referee The finish saw Barrett hit his wasteland move and made the cover but Orton was able to grab the ropes at the count of two That did not sit well with Barrett who began barking at Cena He then pushed Cena who pushed him back right into an RKO from Orton who made the cover Cena counted one, two, and then paused before bringing his hand down one more time and giving Orton the victory. Cena then threw off his referee shirt before the members of Nexus came to the ring and went on to attack. However, Orton and Cena were able to fight them off. Cena then grabbed the championship and gave it to Orton, followed by a hug between the two. Ugh! The stipulation going into the match was that Cena would be fired from the company if Barrett didn't win the title, because Cena was officially a member of Nexus. I bring this up because this will go into my rant now since we've finished up wrapping the history of Survivor Series in the moments, especially the Survivor Series elimination style matches. Again, they had a great storyline developing here with these new stars, Nexus, developing. Sure, they had a hiccup with the, the hanging the necktie incident with Daniel Bryan and Justin Roberts. I don't know why I love seeing that. I don't know. Me being a ring announcer... Wanting his job. Maybe selfishly I like that. But nevertheless, Daniel Bryan had to be fired as a result. Short term, of course. But it put a hiccup in the Nexus angle for a bit. But there was room for redemption. Whether they never really got behind or felt comfortable with the stars they picked to be a part of Nexus. Whether they should have picked more experienced superstars to be involved in this rookie group. You had the makings of a perfect Survivor Series elimination style match. I know sometimes creative changes but on a weekly basis in WWE. But this had the makings of a prototypical Survivor Series storyline. You had a group of guys running roughshod through the WWE, ripping up rings, ripping up sets, and you needed the WWE to band together to attack and get back and get back what is theirs, the WWE, the peacefulness, the The order there was chaos that was that was stirred up by the Nexus. So what would have fit perfectly? You had the SummerSlam matchup, the tag team matchup between WWE and Nexus, which involved the Hitman Bret Hart, which was okay. But it could have built up even more. You have Nexus be, become this strong entity to compete with the top WWE talent. You're building new stars. And it would fit. This is, we'll talk another Beyond the Bell about the War Games, the history of the War Games event in WCW. You had two groups wanting to attack each other and wanting to rip each other's throats out to where it culminated in one place inside that cage, team against team. In Survivor Series, you didn't have a team, which is understandable. But you, you're, it still had that element of groups of superstars banding together for a common purpose. And you missed that, especially in this Nexus storyline. Instead, well, it still could have worked when you had Cena join Nexus. I think Cena should have wore the Nexus gear, but whether merchandise sales, they were worried about dropping, whatever the case may be. Nexus sales could have increased as a result, but you digress. You could have had Cena be a part of the Nexus, be a part of this Survivor Series match, maybe cost in the match ultimately in the end, and the, the good guys prevail over the young rookies trying to take over and earn their spots in the company. But there was so much potential in this storyline that was just wasted away in the long run, and it was diminished, and now we have the Nexus split up. We Barrett has somewhat of a push coming, but no true stars were developed after this angle, which was a shame. But again, this is what is missing in today's day and age of the Survivor Series, the true essence of a Survivor Series style elimination match. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. If it wasn't for them, BTB wouldn't be possible. A brand new sponsor to Beyond the Bell is Stitcher. Stitcher is a leading mobile audio company that provides a revolutionary media service which allows audio content to be easily aggregated, organized, and shared on mobile devices. It features the most up-to-date and relevant content in business, sports, politics, entertainment, and current events from the media industry's premier content providers. Stitcher works to provide an innovative platform for listening to audio content on the go. You can download the Stitcher app on all smartphones via the Android Market and the iTunes App Store. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. The SNS Radio Network provides daily audio programming that covers professional wrestling and sports entertainment. All produced By JJ All Cap Sexy, the SNX Radio Network provides nothing but top-notch audio for wrestling and sports entertainment fans. Shows include Wrestling News Live, the Pro Wrestling Rewind, Unplugged with JJ Sexy, What Would Fans Do?, the Elite Force Podcast, and of course, Beyond the Bell. Also, the flagship of the SNX Radio Network, Sunday Night Showdown, where it covers all pay-per-views in the world of professional wrestling. The SNS Radio Network is streamed at justin.tv, audiowrestling.com, snsradionetwork.com, Skype and Google Voice. Basically, if you're not listening, you're not trying. Squared Circle Media. Jerome Willen provides Squared Circle Media to all pro wrestling fans. Squared Circle Media was designed to contain exclusive audio and video content. Squared Circle Media is proud to make episodes of Beyond the Bell and other pro wrestling audio content available to wrestling fans around the world. Pro Wrestling Ringside Radio contains news stories with analysis and opinions. And it is designed to be interactive by encouraging other fans to submit their own views of the top pro wrestling news stories. Pro wrestling fans are encouraged to send in their thoughts from Live Raw, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and other independent wrestling events held around the globe. You can find all content from Squared Circle Media at www.squaredcirclemedia.net Ringannouncing.com is the official website of ring announcer Sean Beckerman. This is where you will find video, audio, and the latest schedule for the future of ring announcing. That's www.ringannouncing.com. All videos are streamed at the YouTube channel, also labeled Ring Announcing. www.ringannouncing.com is the home for your host of Beyond the Bell, Sean Beckerman. It's go time. The Jetpack. Hosts Sean Beckerman and Frank Zintel bring you The Jetpack, the brand new podcast dedicated to the New York Jets. The Jetpack airs every week during the New York Jets regular season. Each show will discuss last week's game, the game plan for next week, and much more. It includes audio and comments from Jets players and staff, courtesy of NewYorkJets.com. You can find all archived shows at Jetpack.libsyn.com and on iTunes. Once again, that's jetpack.libson.com, And on iTunes, the Jetpack has blasted off fans. If you are interested in advertising on Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com and in the title type, Advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution. It's go time! This week's old school theme of the week is Will consist of a superstar that debuted at the Survivor Series. We talked about it earlier, as well as stay tuned for for our old school LOL of the week. So, fans, that will wrap things up for our history, our timeline history of the Survivor Series. We look back at every single Survivor Series, the memorable moments in each of those Survivor Series events, and the matches that made us love. ...this traditional Thanksgiving event. I know now it's not on Thanksgiving Day anymore. Sometimes it's not even around Thanksgiving. But it still is special. And it will always be the Thanksgiving tradition to me. As it still is somewhat around the month of Thanksgiving in November. This year it returns to Madison Square Garden. The year or the place that The Rock debuted. He is now in the main event teaming with John Cena... ...against The Miz and R-Truth... I personally would have loved to have seen a Survivor Series elimination style match between, which would involve The Rock and Cena, You possibly throw Nash on the other side. I still think there's an opportunity for growth for the Survivor Series to get back to what made it so special, those traditional Survivor Series matches. That is what is missing now. Sometimes they just throw teams together with no meaning. I know they did that before in the early stages of Survivor Series. But for some reason, we still loved it because we love the characters. Now it's it's very hard for us to invest in these characters because we don't really know them. And they just throw random people together. You feel like they're just filling spot, filling time on a card, and it's another event, and they travel and move on. I want to make it special once again. Maybe the WWE Network, which is being created, when they hopefully will have the four big pay-per-views on pay-per-view, or the four big events on pay-per-view, and have the rest of the events on the WWE Network. Maybe that will change but I will always have a soft spot in my heart for the Survivor Series, and I cannot wait to show my son the history of the Thanksgiving tradition known as the Survivor Series. Thank you, fans, for joining us as we finish up this timeline edition of the Survivor Series. We look back at the greatest moments in this historical event. Our next edition, right before we kick things off with the latest edition of survivor series we'll look back at the greatest and worst team names in survivor series history so stay tuned for that i'm your host ring announcer sean beckerman signing off we'll see you next week as we'll go beyond the bell and i'll see you fans at the matches. There's only one
1: man that can captivate the world. after seven Jabroni beating. High eating! Trail
0: blazing! High raising! Step off the brake! Put your
4: foot on the gas! both champ The Rock! If you smell what The Rock is cooking! For the first time in seven years.
0: The most electrified man in all of entertainment. The Rock
4: returns to action. Finally! WWE Survivor Series.
0: At this year's Survivor Series, I cannot believe the bitter hatred between these four men. Ric Flair and Razor Ramon have to face the wrath of the Ultimate Maniacs. Two weeks away!
4: Razor Ramon and Ric Flair gotta face the Ultimate Maniacs at the Survivor Series.
1: Oh, yeah! Explosiveness that can never, ever be recreated. A chemical combustion that forms a bond forever and ever, which means the ultimate maniacs are totally out of control. Oh, my God, out of control.
4: The wall that you guys backed yourselves into right here, yeah. Do you see any back door? Do you see any door which you can escape? No, you don't because this wall is made of solid steel and is bonded by all the ultimate maniacs all over the world because we know how to survive and that's the survivor series the ultimate warrior and the macho man and the ultimate maniacs will survive but
0: you know and i know that you are only half the man that i am Here. Let's go to our ring announcer.
2: Hey fans, ring announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go Beyond the bounds.